Welcome to New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com. All right, well, welcome everyone to the New Life Lutheran podcast. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Um, quick note, I apologize for, the again, the quality of this call or this uh, this podcast, as you guys know, because of this COVID-19 crisis, we've been required to have some changes and shifts around in where we record and how we record. So um, I, am, uh, I apologize if there's going to be some distortion or you might hear uh, we cut out a little bit. That's because we are using the Internet uh, to communicate to each other today. But today, uh, we have a very special guest. Um, we want to welcome back Bishop Ryan Mackey to the podcast. Welcome, Ryan. It's good to be here, Eric. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah you got it. And we are going to finish up our series on prayer. So the last uh, six weeks or so, we've been having this discussion on prayer, the ins and outs of prayer, um, some of the, the theological issues surrounding prayer, how we pray, how we can deepen our prayer life. Um, so we're going to finish that up today. And uh, so Ryan's going to join us in having a quick conversation um, about his own prayer life and some of the things he's experienced. Um, for those of you who are listening uh, this week, uh, this will be the last of this series. And then we're going to take a few weeks off just to get us through Easter and uh, and a couple other things with the crisis. And then we're going to be picking back up uh, toward the end of April um, or the first week of May with a new series called What is the Gospel? And I'm going to be exploring with a couple of friends um uh, that conversation. So you'll hear from a diverse background of people. Uh, the two, my two guests in that series um, are not pastors. Uh, so they are lay, lay um, but they're both very thoughtful and uh, know their faith well. And one of them actually, uh, Ryan is, is Paul Wells. He's going to be on it. So uh, Paul's a mutual friend of Ryan and I's from Central Christian College. So, uh, but we'll have him and another guest um, doing that one. So I hope that you'll tune back in after a couple of weeks of um, laying the ground fallow, and we'll pick back up at May. So uh, my guest again is, is Bishop Ryan Mackey. Um, we've, you've heard him before on this podcast, if you're a, a listener, a regular listener. Uh, but Ryan, why don't you just introduce yourself, um, maybe how we know each other, what you're doing now, uh, where you come from, where are you going, where do you come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Eric, for, for the opportunity. So I currently serve in a few different capacities, and my circumstances have changed over the past year. So currently, um, I serve as a auxiliary bishop within a denomination called the Communion of Evangelical Episcopal Churches, where I presently serve our presiding bishop, so the bishop who oversees the entire denomination, who also oversees the American province within there, a man by the name of uh, Quentin Moore. Uh, I also serve as adjunct professor of music and ministry and theology at Central Christian College of Kansas, which is where uh, Pastor Eric and I met many moons ago uh, when he was uh, one of my students and uh, just have really appreciated how that relationship has, has grown and developed. 
And so after 13 years of teaching there on ground, I have spent the last year uh, teaching uh, strictly online or at a distance, uh, owing to the fact that my wife, Allison, and our cat, Mama, and I currently reside in Durham, England, which is in the northeast corner of England, where I am finishing up a Master of Arts degree in music theology and uh, and planning this coming fall to enter into my PhD program, also in music and theology, also here at Durham University. So uh, that's kind of the the long and the and the short of it uh, as it as it sits right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Ryan. Appreciate appreciate you, and we we have had a great relationship, and uh, and I. I, I'm excited to talk to you about this because I know that you are a man of prayer, that you're dedicated to prayer. Um, and during this, um, the kind of crisis you've been, you know, we've all kind of been engaging on social media more. Mm-hmm. And you've actually been leading uh, a Vespers or an evening time prayer service um, out of the Anglican Anglican tradition, the Book of Common Prayer, which is uh, the background that you kind of are working in now. Um, right. The CEC is kind of in that. Uh, that realm uh, of tradition. Um, so what we're going to do today, uh, Ryan, is we're just going to talk about prayer. So I just uh, going to start off by right now. How are you enjoying prayer? What does mm-hmm. your prayer life look like? Um, what's what's been fruitful um, in your life uh, recently? Well, uh, as you mentioned, so in response to what's going on right now, our um, both our home parish back in Kansas, uh, the father's house where Bishop Moore, as I mentioned b- before, uh, he is also the senior pastor there, as well as our parish here in Durham, which is called uh, St. Nick's Church, which is uh, an Anglican church. So it's Church of England. Um, they have both been trying to navigate these waters in the best way that that they know mm-hmm. how. And so uh, back about Two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, uh, Bishop Quentin called me up, called Allison and I to check up on us and see how things were going. And just as as he was aware of, you know, how things might be changing, asked if we would be willing to um, do a a live Vespers service Mm -hmm. via Facebook Live uh, from here in Durham with the time change. Uh, at the time, before we had British Daylight Savings Time, we were about five hours ahead of Kansas. Now we're six hours ahead. Um, and so he's he's observing morning prayer about six o'clock in the morning. I'm doing Vespers at six in the evening central time. And then he's also doing a, a kind of more of an extended prayer time about 830 uh, central time in the evening. And one of the things that I have appreciated about um, using prayer books, so I'm going to have to open up and, and look Okay, so I got this prayer book in January of 2005. Mm-hmm. So I've been using this style of prayer for about a little over 15 years now, which as I say that, it's it's kind of stunning to think that it's been that long. Mm-hmm. So uh, this actually predates uh, by well over a year uh, when I got ordained, because uh, I was mm-hmm. ordained uh, into the diaconate back in uh, April of of 06. This was actually before I even started uh, studying for holy orders. So when I was when I was still just going to school, when I was a layperson, uh, I was given this prayer book and I started in this round. And one of the reasons I really appreciate being part of a prayer book tradition uh, is, well, as my wife will quickly tell you, I am a creature of habit. 
Um, anybody who's who's known me for just about any length of time knows that I do like um, habit and tradition. Uh, I am not the most organized person in the world. Um, and so to have something that is a guide that has some prep and some forethought put into it that I don't have to just come in and try and, you know, quote unquote, create mm-hmm. or whip up uh, is actually been really helpful to my development Um, and certainly in a time like this uh, I find it be extremely helpful to people myself included yeah Yeah. great so what is that that? Um, we've had some conversations already uh, with with yourself I believe and even um, Jason Palmer Pastor Jason um, who also utilizes the Book of Common Prayer can you just kind of walk us through very briefly uh, what kind of a typical prayer time looks like if you're using the Book of Common Prayer. Um, if our listeners have listened for a while, um, maybe just give a brief reminder of the hours of prayer, how those break down, and then maybe what a typical prayer time might look like of using this kind of set um, traditional way of praying. Sure. So the the basic answer would be in just about any tradition that observes some kind of hours of prayer, like the, the minimum, if you want to call it that, would be morning prayer and evening prayer. So sometime in the a.m. hours, sometime in the p.m. hours. Some people do six and six. I know there's a church out of uh, New York, uh, Trinity Grace Church, uh, Tribeca, that's doing what they call on the eights right now. So eight o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, they're doing morning evening prayer. The Book of Common Prayer actually makes uh, allowances for four hours a day, four prayer hours a day. So you've got morning, midday, evening, and then uh, compline, which is what you pray right before bed. Um, so to kind of just as you go throughout your day, if you enter into some of the monastic communities, whether it be uh, Benedictines or Franciscans or even the Orthodox monastics, uh, you get anywhere from seven to eight hours Mm-hmm. different offices uh, of prayer. And certainly if you're like a cloistered monk or a cloistered nun, and it's what you've given your life over to, uh, then your time for prayer is more regulated, regimented. I'm not quite sure. You know, I don't want it to sound like it's all, you know, very dictatorial. Mm-hmm. However, they have a, a set schedule that they mm-hmm. go by. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a nutshell, it's it's those, again, kind of minimum morning, evening, or if you if you want to expand it out a little bit, maybe three times a day. St. Nick's is currently observing three times a day. Father's House is doing three times a day as well. Uh, and it's just the rhythms that both parishes um, have chosen to to observe in this in this season. And what is what that, is that what is typical prayer time look like for each of those? For like like let's say the morning and evening prayer, kind of the two primary ones. What does the typical time of prayer look like? It's actually remarkably similar, um, which, again, when you're talking about people trying out something like a a fixed form of prayer, uh, especially when you hand them a prayer book that has a thousand pages in it, it can seem extremely daunting. Mm -hmm. Um, But the repetition is, again, really good. So uh, I'll just briefly go through a morning prayer and then an evening prayer and uh, not actually reading through it, but just going through the different parts and you can kind of see Mm -hmm. what it's like. So and this is out of the 1979 Book of Common Prayer, uh, which is the one that I have used um, for these 15 years. And a lot of people in Anglican traditions have been using for a while, at least in the United States. So it 
typically it starts off in morning prayer. You start off with a sentence from scripture. So there are several different verses from scripture that are broken up into the various seasons of the church. So, you know, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Holy Week, and so on and so forth. So, for example, I'll, I'll read one from Lent since we're in the season of Lent. Um, here's a short one. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, which is taken out of Mark chapter eight, verse 34. <laughs> so you can start off with one of these sentences from scripture and then you go into a confession of sin, which, uh, you know, for coming from uh, those of you who are from a Lutheran background or something like that, would be very familiar um, to you. Yeah, the um, language is almost exactly the same. In the it, Book of Common Prayer, and then in the Lutheran, the LBW, which is yeah. kind of the typical, you know, our our brand of Lutheranism uses the Lutheran Book of Worship. So the language is almost identical. Yeah. So you've got a confession, and absolution, and then you go into uh, the Psalter. Uh, so there's again, there's like one short sentence from Scripture, and then there's a reading from the Psalms, and then you can dig into um, whatever Psalm is appointed for the day. Uh, and then you have your reading from scripture and a lot of people. So in the in the lectionary for the for the prayer book, the daily office, they give you uh, an Old Testament reading, an epistle reading and a gospel reading every day. So for people who are doing two hours a day, oftentimes what they'll do is the uh, Old Testament and the epistle in the morning and then save the gospel for the evening. Or they might mix it up and do like Old Testament and gospel in the morning and then the epistle in the evening. It's kind of however they they choose mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. Then there are some uh, canticles, which generally are just excerpts from Scripture that are done in a poetic form. So from mm -hmm. Isaiah, from Ezekiel, any number of Luke, places like whatever, that. Yeah, Luke, yeah the, the Magnificat, the Song of Simeon. Uh, and then it's the Creed. And then from the Creed, we go into the Lord's Prayer, some form of a, of a suffrage responsorial litany, um, a collect of the day, whatever that might be a prayer for mission, and then some form of a prayer of thanksgiving and the benediction and you're done. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, the only change between that uh, morning service and the evening service is the sentences of scripture that they use rather mm -hmm. than being seasonal. They have something to do with the time of day. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, the, the, the opening sentence that you can use is uh, let my prayer be set forth in your sight as incense, the lifting up of my hands is the evening sacrifice. So they make that change. And then after you go into right before you go into the Psalms, they have the evening hymn, which is called the Fos Heleron or the O Gracious Light, which talks about mm -hmm. now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes, our eyes behold the Vesper light. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really the long and the short of it. Now, the yeah. the only thing that I personally have added to it and this was kind of at, at the at my bishop's suggestion which i'm more than happy to do is we sing a little bit of music as part mm -hmm. of it and, and there are spots within the evening service where they do say you can sing a hymn here if you want to and so we go ahead and, and we do that mm -hmm. rather than omitting that section okay very good so how is that how is using the the book of common prayer using these structured prayers how is that influenced your own uh personal prayer life right so you can you can kind of participate in this historic kind of corporate uh prayer life of the church how is that how has that impacted and changed your personal prayer life and how has it maybe positively impacted it if it's negatively impacted in any way how does that what has happened there that's a great question so 
I, you know, like a lot of Protestants um, who don't fully understand these traditions, I, when we started moving this way, I wasn't quite sure about fixed prayer. Like, you know, I'd learned fixed prayers. You know, just about every Protestant can can pray the Lord's Prayer. That's why it's one mm-hmm. of the you know, the archetypal, it is the archetypal prayer. You know, it's the prayer that Jesus handed us. Mm-hmm. And so I was familiar with that, but I wasn't familiar with all the rest of this. And what I began to find is that as I spent more time in the prayer book, the the more I found that I repeated those prayers, the more I actually found freedom within those. And those prayers would actually come to me they would come up in my thoughts and in my heart just random times throughout the day or even in a trying circumstance those those prayers would come out along with that i kind of have found them to be like it they've almost been so so i'm a musician you're a musician Mm -hmm. so they've almost been like scales to me like mm-hmm. you learn your scales, you practice your scales, you learn your arpeggios and everything like that. And then when you're songwriting or when you're playing a solo, like in jazz or, or rock or worship or music or something like that, you know, you don't want to sit there and think, well, this is the seventh scale degree and this is the third scale degree. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be thinking mm-hmm. your way through that. At some point, it becomes as natural as as speaking or walking or, you know, just the the functions that we take for granted. Uh, and and so it's it gives me parts that I can play with words and letters. It's like banks to a river, you know, insert your metaphor mm-hmm. here. But it, it gives me some boundaries in which I can not only um, not only do this work, but I can also kind of you can play. I mean, there, there's room to kind of to to be be worshipful and even kind of spontaneous in the Lord within these boundaries. And that's that's one thing I think that maybe people from traditions that use this kind of stuff, your tradition, my tradition, that we think is almost like kind of dicey. You know, if, if we if we try and be a little spontaneous within within some of this. Um, but I for me, I've, I've sensed that that freedom and again just just as you might think the lord's prayer or the words to a worship song comes up just you know in your spirit as you're going throughout the day or you've had something particular come on uh sometimes the prayers will do the exact same thing for me Mm. so so you're if i can kind of lead you down a little bit to i want to talk a little bit more about how then can you follow up a little bit with that about how throughout the day, not just these two, you know, hours of prayer as we call them, which I don't think it actually takes a full hour to do. No. Uh, no. But that just means the time, you know, the, the particular, the six o'clock hour or whatever it might be in the, in the seven o'clock hour or whatever it might be. Um, but these two hours of prayer, um, how is your prayer life? Uh, what does your prayer life look like outside of those two hours in between? Would you hint that a little bit, but can you kind of chase that down a little bit more about what, prayer looks like for you maybe throughout the day outside of those two set hours sure so um i'll, I'll just kind of speak in a in a pre uh stay at home <laughs> kind of kind of way uh just so as as i said i'm a student in the university right now full-time student and so when i would be going about my day a day when i would have two or three classes and i'd be away from the house for five or six hours at a go um <clears throat> 
you know, I do my morning prayer before I left the house. And then as I went through the day, uh, I might have one of the prayers that was prayed in morning prayer. I might mull that over. Um, certainly praying the Lord's Prayer just kind of as I feel it. Uh, the Jesus Prayer, which some of you may have heard of before. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. Uh, repeating that, I carry a rosary um, with me. And so uh, various prayers that can be prayed um, with a rosary. And I, and with some of these, it's it's not that I'm, you know, sitting down in a quiet, out of the way place every time, because for me, a lot of times it's like I'm standing with the bus stop at people. I'm on the bus with people. I'm walking through busy streets with a whole bunch of people. So for me, it's more the fact that as I'm going and, and maybe I've got my earbuds in and I've got some music playing or just a instrumental bed of music that I can kind of think or pray over top of, then I'll, I'll keep kind of praying on my walk up to the class and then kind of from here to there. Um, it's, and again, that's, that's where that kind of sense of spontaneity comes in a little bit. If, if I, if I think about it, um, so I've got prayer books on my phone. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll sit and I'll just pull open one of the apps that has like a midday prayer and, and I'll pray through that just as an FYI to the listeners, at least in, in our prayer book, midday is the shortest one. So, you know, if, if you were to time out morning, midday, evening, and compline, uh, midday usually clocks in at about 12 to 15 minutes morning and evening. If you do them to their full form, we usually take about 20 to 25 complines about 20 as well. So 15 to 20. So, you know, can be done very quickly and just kind of as we go on. Music's also a really big thing for me, too, um, using music to kind of guide and shape uh, prayer a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So t- talk about that a little bit more, using music as a guide um, or, or a way to pray. Mm-hmm. So I think there's kind of, well, two things come to my mind immediately. Um, the first is there's a lot of people who have taken prayers, written prayers, prayers that you might be familiar with and set them to music. So some of the obvious ones would be like uh, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Uh, one that's called the the Lorca of St. Patrick or the Breastplate of St. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people like uh, Greg LaFollette uh, who have, and uh, the Brilliance who have done uh, settings of prayers from within the prayer book traditions um, so, uh, Greg LaFollette did an album last year, two years ago called songs of common prayer, uh, which is a really great resource. Uh, I'd highly recommend it to, to anybody who's kind of inclined that way. And he pretty much just lifted the, the, the prayers right out of the prayer book and set them to music. Mm. It's, it's really brilliant and it's really easy. Uh, so there are some people who have done that or like the Lord's prayer. Um, you know, uh, Hillsong and Elevation and people, you know, like this, I believe the, the Creed song that that's been out for a little while. Um, and so there's, there's kind of those, and I don't say this derogatorily, those obvious ones like that. Um, then there would be maybe songs that, um, could be, they could be used within kind of a overall function. So let me let me explain by that. So within evening prayer, there is a time for intercession and thanksgiving. So what we'll do as part of our 
uh, Vesper service from here from Durham that we broadcast is we use that last song, whatever it may be, um, to kind of set the stage for and move us into that time of intercession and thanksgiving. Mm. And I don't know that anybody has noticed this. I'm going to show my hand a little bit with this, but I actually will play differently depending on which function we're after intercession mm. Thanksgiving. And so um, when we're in the intercession time, I'll keep it a little more um, maybe mellow, a little more sparse. I might go over into more of a minor key um, just to kind of get that sense. And then I will do something, change the chord progression, change the way I'm picking or something like that to move it over into Thanksgiving. Because most people are going to have, you know, maybe that kind of mental association, whether it's intentional or not, to where intercession feels like, sounds like, means this. And Thanksgiving kind of sounds like, means like, feels like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just to, as a teacher, um, when you change states, when you're trying to teach somebody something, if you can change, get them to change states, mental states, physical states, they'll mm-hmm. respond in a way. So, you know, if you're teaching children, small children like kindergartners, their attention spans are only about six to eight minutes. So every six mm-hmm. to eight minutes, if you can change whatever state that you're involving them in, you can keep them on the same task for 30 minutes, but you have to be able to change states every so often. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for us as worshipers, you know, there's some people who, who are like, I just don't understand why they sing that song for 10 minutes. You know, it's just one song for 10 minutes. Um, but within that, if you can, if you can shift and you can change it just enough to where the, the mind um, picks up, Oh, there's something a little bit different when we make that. Uh, and I, I, I can't point you to a book or anything like that, but when we make that kind of shift, I think it also kind of can can tie into our spirit and refocus mm-hmm. our our not only our attention, but maybe even our attitude that, you know, there there is something more to be done or prayed or explored. Mm-hmm. Here. And so, you know, we're you know, I, I, I don't I don't uh, I know there's real risk when you get into stuff. Like, and this is a completely different side train. But I know that there's there's a. Uh, risk of possibly like getting people to to some people might call it manipulation you know getting people to change but really what i'm using it for and i'll even do this myself i've got different playlists on my phone spotify or what have you mm-hmm. when i'm trying to focus on something particular i might use this particular playlist mm-hmm. you know it can be doing homework it can be doing the dishes it can be you know for prayer time whatever but you know, people will, will make those adjustments. And so you can do kind of the same thing using a song with its text that may not necessarily be the Lord's Prayer or something like that to focus your attention on a particular thought or idea. And then you kind of use that as a motif to tie people's attention into this is what we're going to focus on. Yeah, and I think that really the, the you know, the only like kind of caveat and you, you know, you mentioned it yourself that like, it's easy. What what we want to avoid is people uh, using Caleb as their rule of faith, right? The right. way that they we don't want, you know, we don't want music to be the only thing that shapes how we right. think about God and interact with God. Right. Uh, but certainly the safer options <laughs> are uh, songs that are utilizing. Mm-hmm. Um, the words directly from scripture or words directly from a established prayer. I mean, yeah. it's actually funny that you mentioned, you know, earlier you talked about um, 
know, people just literally lifting the creed or the Lord's prayer or something. Um, and then putting it to music, there was this, um, this, uh, he's an Anglican priest here in the States with the ACNA and I can't remember what his name is now. I don't think he's one of the Zoll brothers, but he's part of that mockingbird. I think, okay. uh, uh, he's part of that kind of group. And, nice. uh, he was, he did some talk, uh, and he was, said that growing up he grew up in a i don't know some sort of broadly evangelical kind of you know a historical kind sure. of church body and uh and he heard that song creed and he was like this guy is a genius he took all of the he took all that we believe about about <laughs> god the father the son the trinity and he put it to this poem that is just incredible and it wasn't until he was in college that he realized that 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 there's a word that that was the apostles creed um but yeah so certainly there are there are ways for us to engage that like the most like s- the safest ways are those but certainly any song um not any song but certainly any any thoughtful orthodox song right um, can lead us to a time of prayer we just want to avoid having that be the only way that we think about you know that's that can't be the only source of our theology right uh, but certainly useful for prayer because i'm, I'm the same way right like in even Either Martin Luther said it, or Saint Augustine said it, or somebody said it. Um, but to but to sing is to pray twice, right? Yep. Either that's Martin Luther's own creation, or he quoted Saint Augustine. What, however that is. Um, yeah. But certainly, there's something about actually like getting our bodies physically participating. Yeah. Uh, with our words, um, using our breath and our muscles, and you know, oftentimes we're standing when we're singing. So uh, having our bodies involved certainly that does. That, and, and the just simply the beauty of the music and how music affects our brains. Um, yeah. Certainly that does impact how we pray. I'm trying to remember if it was uh, Romano Guardini or who, who it was, but there was a, a Catholic theologian in the 20th century who talked about the active participation in the liturgy. And it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we all need to be aware of, and particularly as clergy, um, being aware of that it is you know, all of us together. It and, is you know, the, the work of the people. As the is. word liturgy means, yeah. It it is. And and it's it's not just that. And um actually my my supervisor here, this is well it's it's not my work, so it's his work, but I'm just gonna shamelessly plug his work. But he he wrote this this article a few years ago about um the need for um participation in body mm. within within the liturgy. And there's been, again, this is kind of a rabbit trail, but it actually kind of dovetails back to this. There's been writings on why people don't sing, why men don't sing in church, um, you know, all those kind of things, which you can turn back around and say, okay, why don't people pray? I can't tell you how many times I would have been standing. And if anybody from my worship team back home hears this, I'm okay with this because they know it's true. Um, I can't tell you how many times I'd be in in a room with a group of people right before the worship team right before we were about to go out on stage and the, the 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 dreaded question would be asked out there does anybody want to pray before we go out on stage and there would be silence for 5 10 15 seconds until usually the worship pastor would look at me and say you know would you pray and i'm like sure so you know 9 times out of 10 i ended up being the one to pray and i'll tell you i had a i had a bit of a fear of it for a while too um, 
because I always thought I, I heard pastors pray. I heard my father, who who is an elder for several years at our church, pray, and and they were very eloquent. And they, mm-hmm. you know, just but then just about anything else. That's it. You know, you don't you don't necessarily get better without practice. And so mm-hmm. I began I began to pray. I began to pray aloud. I began to pray in the shower. I began to pray in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, not just because I was trying to get good at my praying in public, mm-hmm. um, but just so that when when the moment came to pray, that I would be conditioned, you could say, it, you know, an, an athlete would understand this. You know, you, you hit the gym, you you run your laps, you do your sprints, you do all this stuff so that when you're out on the field, on the court, on the whatever, on the pitch, that when you're there and the circumstance arises, that your body can respond appropriately. And so, you know, there is something to be said for, you know, praying and singing and worshiping and practicing, you know, again, as a musician, you practice your instrument. It's that way when you're out in front of people, you know, you don't look foolish and, and you, you do everything that you're supposed to. Um, so I, I think that there's almost kind of maybe that dimension to it that maybe we don't always consider when we're thinking about prayer that it's something that can be practiced mm-hmm. yeah no i i definitely agree and, and it's you know we both being in church leadership and both being you know being in pastoral leadership um i know for me it's certainly easier for me to pray in front of a group than it is for me to pray by myself mm-hmm. um and i think it's simply because we're because of the the, the formal nature the formality of a worship experience. It's like, I know, I know the rules. I know the rules yeah. of engagement, right? Like I know, uh, I know a lot of the historic prayers where I've been formed and shaped by them. I know, I know how we as a community talk to God. Right. Um, and that's, that's very easy for me to yeah. pray for and with a congregation. Um, what I found is much harder is praying by myself mm-hmm. um, or even just praying with one or two people like, and, and yeah. particularly, particularly interceding. Um, I'm very uncomfortable interceding. Um, and I don't, I don't know how to, I, I know how to, I know how to put my, my burdens and cares on God. I know how to do that. Um, but I don't know how to ask him, <laughs> how to ask yeah. him to like, how to ask him to, br- to, to break into a situation and change it. Yeah. Um, I know how to, uh, I don't know quite how to do that, but, but I found like you that really just doing um, I really rely on simple prayers. And and one of the greatest blessings for me has been uh, praying with our with our sons, uh, because every night before we go, before I, I do the bedtime routine every night that I put them down as we go to bed. Uh, we say our prayers, which in this case is the Apostles Creed. It's the it's the Martin. It's the it's the Lutheran Martin Luther simple way to pray. We do the Apostles Creed. We do the Lord's Prayer, and then we usually do some, um, you know, you know, my my older son is the one who I, who I really do this with, but it's you know it's a, some kind of extemporaneous prayer. Yeah. Uh, where I'll start. Thank you for you know bringing us in the evening. Thank you for bringing us to the end of the day. Thank you for bringing us safely here. Guard us tonight. Protect us, um, and give us um, give us your Holy Spirit tonight that we may wake up refreshed and we may love you and love our neighbor. 
And they'll yeah. be like, Augustine, do you want to pray for anything else? And so then we'll pray for this person or that person or this thing. And, you know, um, more often than not, kind of a funny thing that he does is he uh, he's <laughs> he prays. He goes, he goes, sometimes I push baby down because, uh, you know, <laughs> we kind of like trained him, trained him to like when he can't. Sarah's really trying to train him when he can't feel like he can control himself yeah. to pray about it. And so and I've also kind of like we've been talking about confession and forgiveness some. And so, uh, and so he like knows he knows man he's like I need to confess that sin because I know because mm-hmm. I know that's the big one. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but but mm-hmm. just just saying the Lord's prayer at least twice a day, and it's actually more than that. It's like four or five times a day. Um, just saying the Lord's prayer is like it's like totally open opened me up to prayer um, in a way that I haven't experienced before. Um, so I've actually found a, a great freedom in the simplicity of the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, uh, I I love the Jesus Prayer, as you mentioned. You know, you talked about earlier. Uh, you're the one who introduced me to that way back in uh, whenever that was, 2012 or oh. 13, whenever we took that, whenever I took that spiritual ago. formation course yeah. from you. Um, yeah, that have been 12, 12, 11 or 12. Um, anyway, so you introduced that prayer to me and, and I utilize that all the time. That's, that's a really important prayer. So, you know, Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I'll just kind of repeat that, um, in the Jesus prayer tradition. And so, uh, those prayers have actually opened me up quite a bit, um, and have been the practice where, uh, I don't really know how to pray, but I know, I know the Lord's prayer. And I know that that's the prayer that Jesus has given me. And I know that when I pray that, He's praying it with me and like exactly. he's, he's praying for me in that. So I can take great comfort um, in knowing that if anything, my bases are covered, that I, I know right. that I know that that prayer is effective um, and that God is going to do the things that he has promised to me through that. Yeah. prayer. And yeah. so, um, you know, I don't know. I, I found a great a great freedom in the simplicity of it uh, because it, it is kind of hard to. Praying is difficult. Like that's not an easy that's not a natural thing for us to do. No, and two two points you bring up that that occurred to me. So first off, when you talked about praying in a group of of people, you know, small group inter, interceding, you know, when you're kind of going around the circle towards a sort of thing. One of the things I think kind of freaks people out about that is they, if if they, it's going to sound bad. Everybody, just grant me some some grace here. <laughs> if they're if they're not as confident in their relationship with God, not saying that you don't have a relationship with God. If you if you don't hold that same confidence, maybe you're nervous to pray out of that relationship. Like mm-hmm. I know some some people who, um, you know, the way that they address God. OK, that that's a really good, really good way to just kind of listen. It's like, how do they address God? So I grew up with mm-hmm. when my father would pray. So Sunday meals were held at my great grandmother's house. Okay. for the first 15 years of my life until she passed away. And then after that, my grandma um, continued doing it um, for years and years and years. So my dad, when he was present, which was pretty much every Sunday, he would always pray. And my my dad's go-to opening line is gracious heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know some people say God, Jesus, daddy, Abba. You know, there's any number of ways that they jump into, that they start off a prayer. And sometimes for those people who pray maybe a little more in a familiar tone, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not, you know, oh, gracious, loving and heaven, you know, mm-hmm. heavenly God, 
almighty above us, you know, sort of a line where it's it's father, it's Abba, it's daddy, it's it's Jesus, you know, just kind of straight to the point, you know, it'd be like me rather than saying, you know, the most the most reverend Dr. Eric Horton or Eric Anderson. Sorry, I was talking about my brother-in-law for a second. <laughs> Eric Anderson. Um, you know, it, it's like somebody asked me the other day, well, how shall I address you? And I was like, you know, if Ryan is good enough for my mother, and father, <laughs> it's good enough, it's for, good you. enough for you. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't, you don't need to tag on all the, all the titles and letters and appendages onto it. Just, you know, call me who I am. So I think that that's one thing that maybe people get a little nervous about when they're praying in public is because they realize then that, you know, how they pray is going to be on display. And some people might feel like they're going to be judged mm. based off of that. Mm. And so there might be that fear of, of judgment, which well, I tell you, when you're in a moment like that, um, particularly if you're interceding over something, you know, maybe something that's tragic or something that really needs some attention or, you know, uh, want to definitely spend some time focusing on, um, uh, you know, that's a time when we want people engaged. It's not a time we want them to be fearful or fear right, and right. fearful. Um, so that might be one thing. Another thing that I really appreciate that you said was when you're talking about, um, you know, Scripture says that Jesus is interceding on our behalf. You know, he's the great high priest of our confession. And, you know, the high the high priest, regardless of what everybody else had done, the high priest was the one who represented the people. Right, right. And so one of my former pastors um, would pray before service, um, saying, Jesus, make up the difference in who we are and who we need to be for the congregation this morning. You know, oh, recognizing wow. that some of us may have come in with, you know, we had a fight on the way out the door. We didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any number of things that may be weighing on our thoughts and minds, mm-hmm. uh, that particular day. So the fact that we do have a great high priest who intercedes for us. And mm-hmm. if I, don't get the words in the prayer book right. You know, if I accidentally invert a word or drop an extra word in there or something like that, there are some people who would lose their minds because you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the opinion, though, that there's more than enough grace to make to make up for the fact that I muddled a couple words in the prayer book um, or something to that effect, because I do have a high priest who perfects my praises. It's comforting. Yeah, it is comforting. And it's also, you know, it's comforting to know that um, that if even if your prayers aren't enough, Jesus's prayers are enough exactly. <laughs> that, that we don't need to. Um, I don't know, like the pressure should be off because right. we do we do have a great high priest who does pray for us. And when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Um, he does not see our shortcomings. So any sort of failure that I have to be faithful, any sort of failure that I have to be attentive to God, any sort of failure that I have, um, God doesn't see that anymore. He sees yep. Jesus. Um, and that is, that is, that, that should be a great comfort to us. Um, that even, that, that the prayers of a child are as effective as a prayer of a bishop. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Jesus, Jesus is the one praying to God for us. You know, he's, he's the one who is doing the intercession for us. So, um, I think that that's, that should be really comforting. And in fact, I just had a, an experience like that today where I, I came in to the office um, to record our midweek Lent service, our midweek Lent meditation um, prayer. And uh, I pull in and there's a car here in the parking lot. Um, and I get out of my car and start walking towards the door. And one of our parishioners, one of our members here, 
gets out of the car and they're like, Hey, you know, do you have, do you have a second to pray uh, from a safe distance? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they, they were just coming to do, there's a walking path by the church here and they were just coming to do some exercise to, to go mm-hmm. walking. Um, and I don't know if they were waiting, if they decided to just park and wait for a pastor to show up or what they were, you know, or if they were just doing other things and just happened to see me walk in and, and, and they said, you know, do you, do you want to pray? And I was just like, I was like frozen. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was not prepared. You know what I mean? It was like, it was yeah. like my worst nightmare. Uh, not my worst nightmare. It was like, you know, the place that I feel most discomfort when it comes to prayer is yeah. like praying with an individual or like a small group. And then also like not having any time to like get my mind wrapped around what I, you know, what I was going to yeah. do. You know, I, I did, I hadn't even prayed yet that day. I was going to do my prayers in the office when I got in. And so I just was like, I was really not in the right headspace. And, and they were just like, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I just want to get out and I really, you know, I, I just really want to pray. And I was like, uh, okay, let's do it. And they go, they go, well, why don't we just pray the Lord's prayer? And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for rescuing me. Right. That like your prayer is, which I think is a really good thing. Um, about this particular church, and I'm sure, you know, in a Lutheran tradition in general, is there is such a huge, a heavy emphasis on the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we, we pray it every week without failure. Every one of our board meetings ends with the Lord's Prayer. That is like, that is what this congregation relies on. Um, and it's so like relieving that I could, in that moment, it kind of, of course, reminded me of our, my own sinfulness, but also like that I was even like afraid, right, to pray. Uh, but that 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 was the prayer that we could go to, knowing yeah. that in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of the coronavirus crisis, that that is a prayer that we could rely on, that we could pray, give us to stay our daily bread. We could pray, lead us not into the time of trial, but deliver us from the evil one. We could pray those words, um, knowing that that they were effective, um, and that. What a great moment. <laughs> that was yeah. a great moment for me, you know, uh, experiencing that just this morning. Yeah, and I actually opened up my, flipped open through my prayer book here while you said that there is not a single service within the Book of Common Prayer that does not have the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer, yeah, that's right. So any of the hours of the day, the Eucharist, even, you know, baptisms, funerals, it, it's it's always in there. Uh, and it, that, that's the same way in the Luther tradition, but especially, you know, Martin Luther has this, uh, this book about a conversation or a letter that he wrote to Peter the barber about how to pray. And that's where mm. he gives us his small, you know, his short order of prayer. Yeah. Which is the, the Apostles Creed, the Lord's Prayer, um, and then a short evening or morning prayer, depending on what it is. So, you know, it definitely is, that is what the Lutheran tradition relies on mm-hmm. the creed and the prayer to really, um, carry the weight. Um, in our own, in our own prayer life, which I think is ultimately helpful. Um, oh yeah. Gives, gives categories to pray. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's sometimes when, when people are starting and they want to know like, what's, what's the least amount I have to do for it to take, <laughs> you know, well, to, you can say to, the Lord's prayer in like 20 seconds. So I bet that you, that's a, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you think about it that way, it's like, if you, there there was a time there that I, I took a short break from the prayer book and I was like, okay, how many quote unquote long form prayers, i.e. a paragraph or two, do I actually know from memory? And so at the time, I think I had about 10 yeah. that I knew from memory. 
um, and part of it was like bits of the mass. So like the, the Gloria and the Agnus Dei and, you know, bits like that, uh, prayer of St. Chrysostom. And so I just wrote the, the title of each prayer on a small slip of paper and I just kept that on my nightstand. And so I would mm-hmm. just look at the list every night and I would just pray them in order oh, wow. um, before I went to bed. And it, it was really nice because again, this wasn't out of a prayer book. Um, but I was like, all of those can be used to focus mm-hmm. and to, and to pull my attention where it needs to be. And in reality, yeah, I mean, I could have just done the creed and the Lord's prayer and, and it, and it could have been done. It, it could have been good. I mean, within the book of common prayer, they actually have a small section within the daily office that are called daily devotions for individuals and families. And each one of them just takes one prayer. And it's mm-hmm. there's like four verses of scripture, a quote unquote reading, which is usually like one or two verses. And then it says you can have a period of silence. Um, you can sing a song if you want. You can say the creed. You can pray for other people's. You say the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a closing prayer. I mean, take you five minutes, if right. that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, find the the. The goal is always, and I know somebody has said this at some point on this podcast concerning prayer, um, you have to find something not only that works, but you need to find a way in. You need to find an access ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the Lord's Prayer is probably, well, I mean, not to be cliche, but it's the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the prayer he yeah. gave us. So yeah. I, I can't really think of a better prayer are there shorter ones yes are there ones that are necessarily better eh, you know why, why why try and reinvent the wheel that's right yeah and this is like you said this is you know the lord's prayer is literally it is the thing that jesus gave us when the disciples said lord teach us to pray yeah this is what he handed them like <laughs> there there is literally no no other starting place uh, i i can think of than the lord's prayer I need to know, I need to learn how to pray. Yeah. Jesus' answer was, here's the Lord's prayer. This is, this is for you um, to pray. So I don't know of any, there's really no better starting place in my mind. Um, but I know it's a great comfort to me. Um, and just, just the simplicity of it has been quite rewarding. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, to, to, uh, to bring it back to, how do you go about praying throughout the day? You know, there's the the Paul's admonition to the church, Thessaloniki, you know, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's been interpreted different ways. Some people say, you know, that's the prayer of the Holy Spirit. The Orthodox right. fathers would say, well, that's where the prayer of the heart, the Jesus prayer, you know, comes in. If you read the book, mm-hmm. The Way of a Pilgrim. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that that's where, you know, the Lord's prayer comes in. You know, yeah. to, to pray without ceasing then, um, you know, maybe it is something to where you're praying and then you just kind of let the Holy Spirit take over and pray. And I think that's part of it. I also think it it also means that you don't need to keep a 1000 page prayer book in your back pocket or your purse or your right. backpack at all times. Um, I think it means that you have something on hand. I mean, right. when. So we've been doing this uh, journey through the book of Exodus at St. Nick's. And when God sends out Moses to confront Pharaoh, he doesn't load him up with a whole bunch of stuff like Saul tried to do with 
with David with loading him up with his armor and his sword and his helmet and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And David just was mm-hmm. overwhelmed and looked ridiculous and couldn't right. move anything like that. God looks at Moses and says, what's in your hand, Moses? What's what's in your hand? And so Moses is out in the middle of the desert and he's got his staff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. what's in your hand? Moses is like the most basic thing that I've got. You know, the thing that everybody who who's does what I do has. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to prayer, you know, maybe the question, you know, it's the kind of the question that the disciples asked Jesus, you know, teach us how to pray. And he's like, OK, you know, here's your staff. You know, here's here's what's in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, easy place, easier place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's great. Um, well, thank you. We're bumping up on time. Uh, I just want to kind of give the floor to you. Um Closing thoughts. What what do you anything you want to share? Maybe give some encouragement as we about prayer to the to our listeners. Uh, if if I can, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. First, uh, do it. Mm. You know, and and again, just do it. Just do it. I mean, Nike maybe has had it right this whole time. Just do it. Um, and, and with that kind of comes the subsection of realize as as my students have heard me say for years your mileage may vary meaning that how you go about prayer won't necessarily look like anybody else's prayer don't be intimidated when you see these preachers on tv whether it's you know the late dr graham god rest his soul or you know somebody like um whoever the flavor of the month preacher or churches Mm -hmm. at the moment you know, that person whose podcast you listen to or even your local pastor. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say this and, and I'm talking to him right now. Don't be intimidated by Pastor Eric's prayers. Don't be intimidated by Pastor Ben's prayers. Um, I try not to be intimidated by my archbishop or the the vicar that I'm submitted to here in Durham. I, you know, do my best not to be intimidated by their prayers because that's their their prayer life. That's the mm-hmm. way in which, you know, it's their lingua franca with God. It's not mine. Um, just as a couple will tell you that they have, uh, their secret language and their secret phrases and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, jokes and whatnot that nobody else is going to get, but they know it. Um, you know, there, there's that kind of thing. Um, secondly would be to find a method that works for you. There's a whole bunch of different ones. If you, if you want to go quote unquote deeper, um, you know, if you want to start off with the Lord's Prayer and you're thinking, well, it sure be nice to have a structure. There's so many different options out there. Um, your local pastors, uh, you know, for new life, you know, Pastor Eric, Pastor Ben, they can help you out. If you if you're listening to this and you don't belong to a congregation or a tradition that does this contact Pastor Eric here through the podcast or he can give you my contact info and certainly be happy to have that conversation with you. And third thing, I think, especially in this moment that we're living in is is as a response to what's been going on a lot of churches as mentioned at the top uh, my own church uh, our own church back home and our church here in England um, a lot of churches are responding to this by putting up as much prayer and as much worship and as much preaching as they can muster mm-hmm. um, and so you are not uh there, there is no lack of people who are literally now praying 
around the clock. So this this is how my day kind of goes right now, because I, I part of it is here's my confession. I feel an obligation to be involved in all this or involved mm-hmm. as much as possible. So when I wake up, uh, so St. Nick's does prayer at nine o'clock in the morning here, which is mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning back in Kansas. Okay, so I can do that. Three hours later, they do midday prayer here, which is 6 a.m. back in Kansas. This is when my archbishop is online and praying. Um, And then in, uh, let's see, an hour and a half ago at nine o'clock here in England, uh, we were praying with St. Nick's. So their Mm -hmm. Vespers time. And then another hour and a half, I'm going to be leading Vespers for Kansas back home at six central. And then in about an hour, two hours after I get done with that, if I'm still awake, the archbishop will be praying again. So I could, and then that's not even to mention some of my other friends who are pastors in different time zones, different places who are also doing prayer stuff. I could almost literally have half my day, my waking hours, mm-hmm. listening to somebody pray or worship at, mm-hmm. you know, on the hour, or on the half hour throughout pretty much my entire waking day. Um, all that saying, if you're looking for something, it's out there. Yeah, All you need yeah. is to point it in the right direction or just start looking online right now. There's options out there. Great. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Bishop Ryan. Appreciate you. Thanks, thank Pastor you for Eric. jumping on this week. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, God bless you. Stay safe, and we'll see you later. All right. All right. All right.